When you think of dynasty-like programs in high school sports in Northern California, you immediately think about the football team at De La Salle. Well, another dynasty is building on that campus, and it's the baseball team being led by head coach David Jeans. The six-time CIF champion coach is going to join me to talk about the immense amount of success they've had in his years there. We're going to take a look at the upcoming schedule, and we're going to dive into a potential first-round pick on his pitching staff. All that and much more on episode 33 of the At The Yard podcast. Coach, welcome in. Uh, I am so, you know, hey, as a guy from Southern California who grew up around high school sports and still is around high school sports, I, I the name De La Salle means something. Uh, so for me, it's a big honor to have you on. So I just want to let you know before we even start, thank you uh, for, for making time for us here on the podcast uh, and welcome to the At The Yard podcast. No, thank you. Um, you know, you guys covering high school sports is, uh, especially high school baseball is it's great for the kids, so I'm honored to be on here. Uh, obviously, the name De La Salle wasn't made by me; it was made by Coach Latticer and a lot of the football guys and the teachers that work there. Uh, I'm just I'm happy to be a part of it. It's a, it's a great institution. Well, I, I think the last four years uh, and, you know, what, six of the last uh, eight years, um, you know, you've made your name uh, plenty at De La Salle. We'll get into that here a little bit. But, you know, you look at De La Salle from, from an outsider standpoint and you look at your path to De La Salle. I mean, this isn't like you just woke up one day and they offered you the job at De La Salle High School. I mean, you know, take us back to being a freshman football coach at San Luis Obispo High School in 1992. And, you know, I mean, we're talking 20 years between there and De La Salle. I mean, that's quite the path. I mean, take us on that journey, if you will, a little bit. Well, it was, um, you know, I, 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 I tried out for baseball at Cal Poly and I made the fall team. Didn't really work out with scheduling with uh, my industrial engineering. And so I just uh, decided to become a student. And funny story is one of my buddies got a, a job with the city coaching uh, youth basketball. It was like fifth grade basketball. And uh, he did not have a good team. And he asked me for some help. And we kind of got started. And I helped him with some basketball. And those parents thought we did a good job. So they, they asked me to do baseball for Babe Ruth. And they said they would draft the team as long as I coached it. And that's really where I got my feet wet with San Luis Obispo, Babe Ruth. And um, I coached there for three years. We ended up having a really good team. We, we lost to the team that won the Babe Ruth World Series in the Western Regional Finals. Um, I became the president of Babe Ruth there. The, the parents there really trusted me. They were awesome. And I just got me going with coaching and helping kids. Um, and then they actually, I got into football a little bit, became the freshman coach for a guy named Vic Eklund, who's awesome. He's actually the athletic director at Mission, uh, Mission College in San Luis Obispo. Um, and it just gave me the bug right there. Um, I took a couple years off because I started my job and married my, my wife and we moved back up north. Uh, I did some scouting for Pittsburgh High School in Herc Party. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I wanted to be a part of it still. I didn't have time day to day, uh, but I would film games and bring it to him. And then he got the job over at Clayton Valley, and he didn't have a lot of help. And so I showed up one day, and he goes, I could really use you. And so I became the offensive coordinator there. 
the following year, Bob Ralston came on board and was coaching with his father-in-law, Jerry Coakley, who I respect a ton. Um, and Bob asked me, he got the baseball job at Clayton Valley and he needed a lower level coach. So I started coaching with him, uh, for a couple of years. I had two spots, still doing my engineering stuff. I was building buildings. Um, I had two young kids, four and five years old, and I never saw them. So, um, so, uh, I ended my engineering career and became a substitute teacher at Clayton Valley. Really loved teaching uh, for a year. And then, uh, coach Aliotti over at De La Salle, who I was friends with, uh, growing up at Pittsburgh said, Hey, we got a physics job here. We need a freshman football coach, JV baseball coach, wondering if you'd be interested in coming over and teaching physics. And so that's kind of the story on how I got to De La Salle. Yeah. I mean, how about that? Right. It's like, it seems like every coach I talk to, they talk about, you know, hey, I was doing something else and, a, you know, a former coach or a former player or a former buddy from within the game or within sports itself, you know, reached out and said, hey, there's this opportunity. It's just it's a very such a small world, isn't it? When it comes to these sorts of relationships and, and kind of I, mean, I suppose it's in everything, but you seem to find it in coaching in particular. It is. Um, well, I knew Joe from growing up. Uh, but we competed against De La Salle from Clayton Valley, and I think we we actually have the largest loss against De La Salle in the history of the school. <laughs> I think it was 77 and nothing. Oh. Uh, but it was our first year at Clayton, and, and we wanted to really instill in the kids that we can compete, and we did. We got better, and we made it, uh, I think two years later, we made it to the NCS championship game, lost to Bishop O'Dowd, uh, Kirk Morrison, and those guys. It's um, a good program. Yeah, but Coach Aliotti, uh you know, kind of stayed in touch with me and, you know, we were on opposite sides of the field and then this opportunity came up and it was just perfect timing. Everything was yeah. perfect timing. So you went from building buildings as an engineer to building what, I mean, I mean, anything short of calling it a dynasty, I suppose, without getting too much into the hyperbole here, right? I mean, we, you're hired there in 2012. I mean, you've reached the title game every year. You won it in 2012, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19. That's the last four. I mean, how? How, how have you managed to do that? And how, how does De La Salle manage to just kind of reload every single year? Well, a lot of it uh, started, I mean, I had some baseball experience, and I, I, I was a decent coach with the younger guys. I give a lot of credit to Bob Ralston, uh, who I coached with for a number of years at Clayton Valley. And then I went over to DVC for a year with him. And then we spent three years together at Clayton Valley and I was his assistant. We won a title there, but I learned a ton from him. And uh, what I did was I kind of, I put together the baseball knowledge and what I learned from Bob Ralston and the football knowledge that I learned from Coach Lattisher as a program. So Coach Lattisher, Coach Allenbaugh, Coach Edson, Coach Aliotti, um, coach Pinella, I, I, I've witnessed a lot of that as the freshman football coach, uh, the progress between freshmen and seniors, um, you know, getting kids who aren't as big and strong, uh, who may not be as technically good in the beginning, but by the time they're seniors, they become really, really good, uh, football or baseball players. Uh, so I told myself when I got the job that I was going to set up a program that was similar to the, to the football program. Now, obviously we can't talk about results or, you know, what Bob Lattiser has done, which is off the charts amazing. But we took that blueprint 
of, of how they play together and for each other and, um, and just the weight training. We start from day one with our freshmen in the weight room. Uh, it really makes a difference between by the time they become juniors and seniors. So we just we try to focus on the details. Um, we talk about uh, weightlifting and getting bigger and stronger, uh, the physicality of the game, and then playing for each other. Uh, we we do a pretty good job. Uh, normally I have, I don't know, maybe 32 to 34, 35 players on a varsity team. And everybody knows their roles and, and how to grow. And, you know, sometimes juniors don't get a lot of playing time, but they get a lot of Saturday playing time, which is our inter-squad games. Um so when you get to face Kyle Harrison as a junior, you know, by the time you're a senior, uh, you can step in and take over for somebody. So the first couple of years, we didn't have that momentum yet because the freshmen hadn't come up. But now we have guys in the program for four years and it's, you know, it's a credit to the kids and the hard work. We put in a ton of work. So, yeah. And it, I mean, it seems like the offseason work is is something that's really impressive as well. But just the last four years, I mean, you guys are one on one and sixteen. You know, it seems like everything built up toward to last year, right? I mean, you guys finished twenty nine and one. You had you know eight seniors that moved on to play college baseball on some level. Uh, at least that, from my account, I could be wrong on that. If I am, I apologize. Uh, but you guys win the CIF title again. You know, and then you mentioned him. You have Kyle Harrison as a junior who uh, we'll get into here in a bit. But I mean that run last year was pretty special, right? I mean, you guys start, you win the first game, you lose your second game, and then you bust off 28 in a row. Yeah, it, it was amazing. It, you know, it, the, the year before team was, was really special. And then we got into this year, we weren't sure about some of the offense and where we were going to go from there. And some kids kind of stepped up. We won some close ball games. The pitching was off the charts. That's what kept us in a lot of the ball games. Um, we had beat uh, a good pitcher from Monta Vista three times. Those were all tight ball games that could have went either way. It was just one of those seasons where, you know, the ball bounces the right way. You know, we, we easily could have lost four or five games. So it wasn't, it wasn't that it was a dominant season where we just go out and, and roll people. It was, there was tough ball games, real tough ball games. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Monta Vista game there in the quarterfinals, two to one. I mean, they score in the first you guys score a couple in the second, then nobody scores the rest of the way. I mean, th- th- those are the type of playoff games, especially that can age a coach quickly, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's why I say it's amazing that we've been to the championship, you know, nine straight years. I've, I've been eight. Coach Costello uh, went the first year, so he kind of got the team rolling the right way. You know, we, we Vince Bianchina just made a great play up the middle. I mean, they had bases loaded and – the base hit up the middle and he dives and he gets up and he throws the guy out at first. And, you know, if it's a quarter of an inch farther, they win the ball game. And so um, I give credit to Vinny. Um, you know, his defense was uh, questionable when we first started. He put a ton of work in, uh, became a really, really good defensive player. Uh, he's on scholarship to Northwestern. But that play was unbelievable that, you know, and it could have went either way. You talked about the work, and I go back to that fall, winter workout stuff. You're involved with the West Coast Kings club team that, it, it, you know, kids from all sorts of high schools go to this, play on this team. And you guys you guys made the trip down to J. Sarah in January and were part of that MLK tournament. So, 
you know, that was neat from my perspective to see you guys out of your element and in ours, right? Uh, and you and I had chatted about several players there. And I mean, you guys in your area are making that effort to, I guess, get out of the area to play some of the better teams. You know, how much does that go towards the success of not only your program, but the other programs that are involved with that club team? Oh, it's huge. Um, I've been all over the country for baseball and Southern California baseball is about the best there is in the country, even Florida or Texas. There's so many good coaches, so many good players. Um, we have good teams and good clubs. It's just the the majority of the, of the great teams are down south. Um, obviously, they have more players, uh, better weather. And so anytime we can go down there, we try to do that. So we try to do that about four times a year. Uh, we go in the summer for San, San Diego. Uh, we just came down there last weekend uh, around the Pepperdine area, played some teams. And the more baseball we can play against better teams that we challenge ourselves – uh, the easier it makes the spring. And so we mix in the lifting. We lift three times a week during the summer. And then in the fall, we lift four times a week. And then on the weekends, we do baseball. And, you know, we try to get some skill sets going and and things that we need to do and identify players that are stepping up and see how they react to some of the SoCal teams. Um, and one thing that I preach is, in the summer and the fall, we're practicing to win. You know, I don't think we do that enough with high school kids. Uh, sometimes we just participate to participate or showcase or do whatever. And we need we need kids to want to win. And, and that's we preach that in fall games. You know, the end all be all is not to doesn't necessarily mean to win, but our actions and what we're trying to practice and and get to. Uh, does and so that that helps us in the spring. I don't need to motivate kids to do the little things in the spring. So if I do, we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you haven't had many of those. It seems like uh, recently, at least. But I like that that practice to win. And you know, if it, it, baseball has become such a year-round sport, and not only in our state but in many other states, and you know, kids are playing in tournaments deep into into the fall and earlier, it seems like in the spring. And, you know, there just doesn't seem to be time off. You know, the practice to win, I love that because it's that, you know, that kind of old school mentality, which sounds silly, right? I mean, to say it's an old school mentality to work on your craft so that when you go out and you actually play the game, you win the game. I mean, how do you incorporate that in the summer with kids doing so many things outside of, say, you know, the your your high school team, you're, you know, and they're doing things with other club teams and such. How do you monitor that as a high school coach? Well, I mean, a lot of our kids play with us in the summer. It, it helps us to monitor the amount of playing time they have or, or the wear and tear on their arms. Um, Kyle Harrison hasn't picked up a ball since September since he came back from USA Baseball. There's another there's a number of kids that we monitor. So if you didn't get a lot of playing time in the in the spring as a as a pitcher, we can ramp it up a little bit more in the summer. Um, I, I just think kids need to play to gain experience, you know, the, these kids aren't pro players. They, they don't need to shut down to, to recuperate and not learn. They got so much to learn, but we get to monitor their playing time, um, and how they play the game, um, play to win. Uh, we check in with them. You know, I, I, I try to build some opportunities to face some players that are better than themselves and see how they react. Um, 
it's a year round process and, it, and it's, we have a number of guys playing multiple sports. My, my catcher is a starting defender on the soccer team. I probably have eight guys on the varsity football team and a number more on JV. Uh, that combination is really good because we lift the same. Um, I was a football baseball guy. Coach Allenbaugh is a football baseball guy. He actually went on and played baseball at UCLA for a little bit. And so we understand each other. Uh, we lift the same way. So we, we sit down and we say, what's the well-being of the students uh, to not overuse them or to not uh, overclutter their heads? You know, when they're trying to learn like a cover two defense, but they're trying to learn my base running. Uh, we try to limit that kind of stuff. Um, so having them around is important. And most of the time, uh, most of our kids uh, play for for up for me or for the Kings, uh, Coach Tarpley. Um, and then when it's warranted, we'll send them out to higher tournaments, Blake Burke, Kyle Harrison, um, to face better competition for themselves so that they can reach their goals. That's That's the key. We're trying to get these kids to reach their goals, you know, where they think they can play in college or how far they can go. And my job is just to facilitate that. So if it's better to play for me or to better to play for somebody else, uh, we'll sit down and have a conversation with them and their parents about that. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought those guys up because I want to dive into those guys. And, you know, Kyle Harrison is, is a guy who, you know, he came through a bullpen at our pro case uh, in June before he started his busy summer and, you know, we had an opportunity to see him several times throughout the summer. I mean, he is, in our opinion, the best pitcher in the state right now. And obviously, you know, a guy that is being talked about uh, to go really, really high in next year's draft. Is he a guy, would you say, that is, you know, where does he rank in terms of the highest rated guys you've had uh, as it as it goes in, pertains to them going into their senior draft year? Uh, well, he's up there with Justin Hooper, you know, um, Hooper had a lot of guys around him. Uh, they were talking about uh, top top ten before he before he kind of found something in his elbow. So it, it's very similar to that. Now Justin wasn't hitting, and um, a lot of people don't know how good of a hitter Kyle is. He's going to hit fourth for us. Um, he he's up there. Hunter Mercado Hood was one of the best hitters that's come through the school. Mitchell Cranson uh, had great career. Um, so he's up there, man. He, he, as a kid, as a player, you know, not only as a pitcher and a hitter and a baseball player, but just as a kid, I like hanging out with that kid. Uh, he's got a demeanor that's real calm and cool. Uh, but he also understands what we do as a program and, and what the intent is. And that's, that's not to lose. So he loves to compete and, uh, that shows with the other guys and, um, you know, if he, he gets lucky enough to get drafted and, and go to a pro team, and if he does that, uh, great. They're going to get a great guy. And if he goes to UCLA with Coach Coach Savage, uh, that's going to work out really well, too. Yeah, it's good to have options, and he certainly has a lot of those options. So what's, what's it like on you as a head coach when you got a guy with that much visibility in your program? You know, scouts are calling you. Hey, when's he throwing? How many is he throwing? They need to get their reports in. I mean, what's that like on you? Do you like that? Do you, are you kind of, you know, it's part of the job sort of attitude towards it? Or, you know, what's that engagement like for you as a head coach? Well, again, I want to do what's best for Kyle. That's my first and foremost. So part of my job is still to be the adult in the situation. So I know there's a lot of guys that want his time. Um, scouts want to talk to him or whoever, you know, wants to take him on the side. So it's my job to kind of protect him a little bit. 
And I sit down with him and his dad and we kind of talk about this. And, uh, you know, we tell Kyle, you know, if, if guys are wanting to talk to you, send them to us or send them to his dad and we'll monitor that for you. And we'll set up times that are appropriate. It's not that he doesn't want to talk to him and he's done a pretty good job scheduling. It's just, he's, he's still a kid. He's still 17 years old and it's our jobs uh, as adults to, to be the adults and to remember that this kid has homework. He's got grades. He's, you know, his job is to become a good kid uh, and a good teammate and, and a good man when he leaves this place. So we understand the process. It's part of it and we get it. Uh, we don't try to blow anybody off. It's just we, we come up with the system to, to just monitor the amount of time that uh, people, people want. So if you look ahead, obviously, you know, Kyle is the ace of the, of the staff for you guys. Uh, a couple of guys that we saw recently, um, Cameron uh, Barger and Mason Carvacho, a couple of seniors uh, that are coming back for you. Tell us a little bit about what your staff is going to look like outside of Kyle Harrison. Uh, and potentially, do you, uh, do you potentially have a, uh, uh, you know, a little hidden gem on the back end there for us? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I sat down with all of those guys and I said, uh, you know, we lost a number of good guys from last year, Eric uh, Razelman and um, uh, Cole Silva and Dylan White. Chris Santiago only threw like four innings last year and he was 88, 89 miles an hour. So we had a really good staff. And uh, so I sat down and I said, if we're lucky enough to reach the championship game again, that's 30 times seven, that's 210 innings. And I, I asked Kyle, how many innings you pitched last year? And he said 60 is like 59. We try to limit it. I go, you may throw 70. We may kick it up a little bit, but that's 140 innings that we have to find. And so that's our job. That's, that's, that's the kids coming up. Um, obviously Barger and Carvacho, uh, could could mix in that. Um, we have a number of other guys. Blake Burke can throw. Uh, he's 84-85 from the left-hand side. Um, and so we, this is one of those times, you know, we're not sure going into it. And that's where the work and the fun comes into play. But we got to find 140 innings. Yeah, well, tell us about some of those younger guys. Who are some of the names that, at least early on, and you, you know, made somewhat of an impression for you that potentially could eat some of those innings for you? Well, we may not have the power pitchers this year. We may have to pitch a little more backwards. Um, Cam is, you know, 84 to 86. He's got some pretty good stuff. He had a good summer. He faced some really good teams, so we're impressed with that. Um, Carvacho faced some good players. You know, he's he's 82 to 84. Um, he's got a pretty good slider, uh, beat some good teams. We have Carter Stevenson. He's a 6'4 guy. Uh, he's 80 to 82. Uh, but he's four pitches for a strike. Uh, we got a transfer, uh, left-handed pitcher, Johnny Burns, uh, who actually pitched well this past weekend uh, that has a chance to be in the mix. And we have a couple younger guys uh, that, that we like. We have some sophomores uh, that we like more offensively than pitching-wise. Uh, but we got some guys who can throw strikes and are projectable. It's just it's going to take them another year of lifting to get there. You know, they're all – they're all 79 to 81, and hopefully in two years they're they're 85 to 87. So that's where the process comes into play. So when people say we have ready-made players that are coming in, it's just, just not the case all the time. You know, Kyle was a special situation, but if you go back to last year, uh, Nick Fusari was a little guy that wasn't counted on. 
Um, Jared Wright or yeah, Jordan Wright was, you know, not somebody that would go straight to varsity, had a great year. Uh, Charles McAdoo worked his way up and is a scholarship guy to San Jose State. Uh, he wasn't a guy as a freshman that you would say, okay, he's going to be a stud as a senior. And I give credit to Keone Coloma. Um, a lot of those guys have really worked their way up to that position. So hopefully we have some pitchers that are ready to kind of take that next step. So I think early in the year is going to be big for us uh, when we're limiting Kyle's pitches. And we're going to see. We're going to mix and match, and we're going to see who wants to be on the mound and who wants to have the ball and who wants to compete and do the little things. And and we'll have some opportunities with the schedule we have. Well, let's talk about that schedule a little bit, Coach. And so take us through what your preseason schedule is. Uh, you know, are you doing any tournaments? What tournaments are you doing? And then, uh, you know, through your league schedule, for those who are unfamiliar with your league, uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Well, we have a number of teams that we normally match up with in the offseason or in the preseason. Uh, St. Mary's of Stockton, Elk Grove, Jesuit. We actually picked up San Joaquin Memorial, who won the Division II uh, down in the Fresno area. We're going to play them at USF. Um, we do a cancer research, uh, a cancer deal with Jesuit. Uh, we're going to play Folsom, so we're kind of spinning off the, the football side, and we're going to play them in baseball. They have a number of uh, juniors that are really good. We're looking forward to that matchup at Sac City. Uh, and then we're going to head back to Las Vegas um, to, to Bishop Gorman. Uh, we had a good time last year. We won that tournament. Got to play a bunch of teams from across the, the United States, which is special, you know. Uh, when you get to play a team from New Jersey or Chicago and kind of compare what we do to what they do in the rest of the country, it's pretty neat. And it, I know they're reloading on the tournament, and that was kind of a, a big deal for us. Yeah, um, let, let's stay, it really let, grew our confidence. Yeah, let's stay there for a second. Sorry to interrupt there, but that you're talking about the that's the Catholic school tournament in, in, that Gorman runs, right? That's correct. They yeah. they changed it to not just Catholic, but all identities. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. Yeah, so, that it, and I've heard of a couple of potential teams from other teams from California who may be going. I I heard one from your area that I think is going for sure. Uh, I don't want to say it, you know, out loud in case it hasn't been announced. But I mean, that seems like it's a tournament that's really gaining some momentum uh, in the sense that it's drawing some pretty big names, like you said, nationally uh, to a very desirable area, right? Oh, yeah. And, and they did it right last year. Um, you know, it's a four-day tournament, so it's only one one game a day, which I really like. I don't, I don't like to play two games against two different opponents uh, on the same day. Um, I like to, if I win or lose, I like to let it sink in and regroup. And so just the tournament setup was awesome. They had a great dinner on Sunday night with the speaker. Um, those guys just do it right down there. The, the fields are nice. Uh, you know, obviously the parents like going there. Um, and we, we just have a good time. We take a bus. It's a, we call it a three movie road trip. Um, <laughs> and it's a bonding time for our guys when they have to spend eight hours on a bus together, nine hours, they get a taste for, for traveling for college and what, what it's going to be like. And the competition was good. And so, and they're kicking it up some more. They're trying to get some sponsorship. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a tournament that's, that's um, that's growing. Uh, normally, I try to do something new, but I sat down with my uh, athletic director, Leo Lopez, and you know we just kind of decided since we won it last year, um, we kind of need to come back and, and try to defend or you know show the respect to the tournament um, that they gave us. 
And Absolutely. so that, that that was huge for our season last year. And so then you guys came back from that, and then you go back into your league, or do you have back half of your league, or how does that work for you guys? Yeah, we have the back half of our league. Um, we jump right into it. We have a couple Saturday games. Um, I think I have the USF one against San Joaquin Memorial and then the Folsom one. So we have a couple three-day or three-game weeks. But our league is good. So, <laughs> I mean, it, there's there's never an easy turn for us. Um you know, Foothill was really good last year. They have a bunch of juniors coming back. Monta Vista had arms. San Ramon is always good. Um, you know, the Livermore schools do a great job of coaching. Uh, Lewitt Amador is always super competitive. You know, no matter what he has, it's always tight ball games. And so um, there's never an easy an easy road for us. So the last year was was pretty special. Once we look back on it, it wasn't. We didn't realize it as we were going through it. You know, it was always the next game. Oh, God, we got Monta Vista coming up, you know. And then we win that. And then we got, oh, next week is Foothill. We got a big game. And it was always kind of looking at the next week and not looking backwards. And um, when not, when it was all said and done, and at the end you look back and you go, wow, we're t- we didn't lose since way back when. It was – we were more worried about the grind than the, than the consecutive wins. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, when you think about that, though, I mean, is there, is, is there, you know, is there, you know, you hear about stories when, you, you know, you want to lose it, you lose a game before you go into the playoffs, right? I mean, teams that are really hot for whatever reason, you hear that on, you know, on radio, talk radio, or, or you hear it on TV, like, it's good to lose a game just to kind of remember what that feels like. You know, I, I, I doubt that thought crossed your guys' mind. I totally disagree with that. So yeah, I, mean, I think they're absolutely wrong. Um, if, if we're not going into a game, you know, with our whole hearts into it and wanting to win, then there's a problem with me, you know, and my coaching. And so it doesn't matter if we win, you know, however many games in a row, if we don't go into it with the same mindset, then, then that's a problem on me. And I'll, t- I'll take the blame for that. So, but I, I don't agree with that at all. I think no, I, yeah, I, I, th- that always makes you scratch your head when you hear it on, on the radio. Well, coach, this senior class, they're currently 76 and 13 as their last three years, three straight titles. Well, they're um, not. <laughs> well, right. The, the, the senior class, I should say the senior yeah. class, not all the players, obviously, but the senior class, uh, you know, they, they can, they can do something pretty special here. And it sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a challenge going into for this uh, fifth consecutive uh, CIF championship. But what are some of your other goals heading into the 2020 season, uh, whether it be on the player level or on the team level? Uh, what are you hoping to see from your guys uh, going into this, this 2020 season? Well, we, we always have kind of the same goal. Uh, you know, we want to play hard and get better. Uh, we want to be ready for the playoffs in May. Uh, that That's our, our our number one goal is to win NCS championship. That's bottom line. And so how do we get there? You know, if, if I can sit back in the playoffs and not have to coach my kids anymore and they're taking over that, that's, that's the ultimate compliment to the, to the guys. Uh, if they're mature enough and, and their intent is, is, is good enough, um, then, and they're, they're, they're playing for each other, that that's the goal right there. And, and that's the goal every year. Um, you know, the big thing with 33 guys, man, it's, you know, it's easy for somebody to complain about playing time. And if we can get those guys all going in the same direction and help them one another, 
And uh, whether we win or lose, it doesn't really matter. You know, when they go off and they become young men in our community, if they can be depended on as human beings, then that that's the ultimate goal. It's not it's not to win NCS baseball championships, but, but to make these guys better kids. And hopefully if we do that, we give ourselves the opportunity uh, to win some baseball games. And we've been lucky enough to do that, you know, with the players that we've had in the past. They put in a ton of work. Uh, they're committed. Uh, they're hardworking. Um, it, it's amazing in the fall when you see seniors helping freshmen on how to lift. Um, if you go to any senior right now and ask them who helped you as a freshman in the weight room, they could all name those guys. And a lot of those guys are playing college baseball or pro baseball. So it's that cycle of, of, of being a good kid and, you know, and helping somebody out. It sounds like a program to me, coach. And I know you won't say it yourself, so I will. You know, a lot of that credit goes to you and your staff over the years to you obviously you you don't just build a program doesn't is not built overnight. Uh, and you certainly have taken your time to, to build that program into what it is today. Coach, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. You've always been grateful with uh, graceful, excuse me, to me with your time. And I can't thank you enough for that. So really appreciate you coming on the at the art podcast today. No, that's awesome. Like I said, um, anytime we can get, uh, the kids names out there, we, we all do this for the kids and to see them go on and succeed with whatever, whatever goals they have. So you guys are a big part of that. Uh, everybody's a big part of that. The teachers here at this school, uh, the coaches in other areas, you know, we're, we're all in this thing together to, to, to get, uh, to, to help these kids, you know, become better kids and to grow and to have them reach their goals, whether it's, you know, Major League Baseball or Division Three Baseball or to get into the best school they can get into. Um, you know, two of my most proud guys, Dylan White and Cole Silva, because they got into the University of Chicago and they're playing baseball there. So it's not all about the major leagues or getting the best scholarship. You know, it's giving the best opportunity to kids. And uh, a bunch of the coaches that we play every year do that. You guys do that. There's a number of club teams that, you know, that's their goal. And and it, we're just all part of the process. So I really appreciate you uh, doing what you do for the boys. Uh, thanks, Coach. I, I can't thank you enough for saying that. So I appreciate you again for coming on. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you hopefully here in a few months to back down in January. You guys heading back down? Uh, we will. We'll bring two teams down. So we'll probably bring uh, 40 to 48 guys. And uh, we really enjoy that. Uh, um, Coach K does an amazing job at J. Sarah. And he, he he doesn't charge a lot for that tournament. You know, we pay for umpires, but he he gets a number of teams that just want to get these guys better. So we'll be down there. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you then. Uh, until then, I can't, again, thank you enough for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. You got it, Les. Thank you very much. I want to thank De La Salle head coach David Jeans for joining me on the podcast today. Be sure to check out PrepBaseballReport.com for all your news and information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.